0: Welcome out, y'all. Welcome to the workshop, uh, Disciple Making. Um, I know that uh, on the app it said discipleship, but I prefer the word disciple making. You know what I mean? Uh, make it just an action, it's something that we engage in. Um, and I think the word discipleship is, uh, is overused a little bit, just to be honest. And so, uh, man, we're going to be talking about disciple making, and I'm excited uh, to talk about it. Um, man, I love disciple making. Um, man, honestly, I'm kind of one of those guys that, like, man, I eat, sleep, breathe disciple making i wake up i think about disciple making i I literally love it um but man i want to ask you all what is something that you do um so like man it could be like snowboarding skiing it could be playing basketball or something like that that you feel like when you do it you're like i'm i was born for this so what's that one thing that you do when you do, you're like, man, I feel like I was born for this So we're actually going to discuss it So yeah. So with the people around you, discuss, with, discuss that question What's something you do that when you do it You just feel like, man, I was, I was born for this Alright, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have us uh, share as a group I'm going to have us share as a group real quick um, Before I do, does everybody have a hand up? Do you get a hand up? You did? Okay, great um, So what's something you do that you feel like when you do it You were born for this? maybe somebody, somebody share. Spike ball. <laughs> spike ball. Man, why spike ball? Um, me and my high school friends during quarantine got pretty competitive at it, and it was just, it was fun. Uh, okay, spike ball. I like that. Cool. Maybe another one. Chess. Chess. Okay. Cool. It's a pretty, pretty logical thinker, strategic, all that stuff. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say what's your major, but you got me All right. So what's another one. You y'all talk about anything? I nah, playing. Like working with kids. Working with kids. Yeah. Cool. I can definitely see that one. one. Okay. Yep. Uh, Well, hey, when it comes to this uh, topic of disciple making, I want us to think about things that we get excited about that we feel like we were made for, in a sense, uh, because, man, disciple making really is something uh, that we were made for. You know, even think about what Philip Abode was talking about this morning uh, when he mentioned Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And he says, hey, we're, we've been born again, you know, we've been saved by God's grace, and we're saved for good works. <laughs> uh, and even this idea and this concept of disciple-making, man, is one of the primary ways that we get to exp- display those good works. Literally, man, when we were born again, when we place our trust in Christ man, we were made to engage in this process of disciple-making. So I'm excited uh, to unpack it a little bit today. And I hope by the end that it, it's, a, it's a top, a top of the list of things uh, that you're really excited about and that you feel like uh, you were really born for. So uh, we're going to start off man, with some uh, some basic definitions. And so we're just going to define our terms a little bit. Uh, what is disciple-making? And so uh, it's on your handout. Uh, but I'm just going to read it off. Discipling others is the process by which a Christian with a life worth emulating, commits himself for an extended period of time to a few individuals whom he has won to Christ, the purpose being to aid and guide their growth to maturity and equip them to reproduce themselves into a third spiritual generation. Okay? So it's on your handout, so you can feel free to read through it again. Uh, but I actually want to take time for you guys to discuss this. Even as you look at this definition, there's a lot of meat on the bones of this definition. It actually came from the book uh, Discipleship, Helping Other Christians Grow uh, by, by, by Alan and It's honestly gold. It's like super old. It's not even in print anymore. And you know when it's not in print anymore and it's old, it's good. Um, but man, what stands out from that definition? Uh, and even discuss that man, with two or three people around you. Uh, I'm going to bring us back. Uh, For those who just walked in, right, we just discussed a little bit what stood out from this definition. And so the definition is on the handout. It's a definition of disciple making uh, from a book um, called Discipleship. And so, but I want to hear y'all's thoughts. What stood out from uh, that definition of discipleship? A life worth emulating. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so you want to be living a life uh, that's worth emulating, right? You know, I want to be following Christ, pursuing him myself. It doesn't even I need to be perfect. Uh, but I need to be man taking strides to know Christ myself. That's really good. Maybe some another one. I think a few individuals is really important because, like, if you teach a few individuals really well yeah. how to become a good disciple, and they can go out and teach other people also, yeah. rather than like you just telling a bunch of people about like, yeah, God, because then they they know what that is, but they can't spread the word like well too. Yeah. So by teaching like a few individual individual people well, like more people can have a better understanding of God. Yeah. That's a, that's a great thought. I couldn't have said any better. I won't even sum it up. That's good. <laughs> maybe maybe a couple more. Um, I like equip them to reproduce, to so like make a disciple who makes disciples. Yeah, yeah. Keep that's, it going? For sure, that's the fun part, and that's the end goal, right? Is that it would that it would reproduce? Maybe one or two more. The Ashley. Idea of like committing yourself to someone. Yeah. Disciple making is a process. For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's not something that happens by accident. I have to consciously make an effort and commit myself. Right? That's good. I one more. I saw another hand. Yeah. Um, just the aspect of like an extended period of time, not just like sharing what like the gospel with them and then just like leaving them on their own, kind of like guiding them through that and making sure that it's like intentional and not just to kind of check something off the box. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, those are uh, those are really good thoughts, and I'm gonna pick up the mic. Uh, real quick, so I don't blow my vocal cords. Um, yeah, those are those are really good thoughts um, on disciple making, and and I would agree with all of those. And I think one uh, that I would even highlight from the definition as well is uh, is just the reality that it's somebody or individuals whom he has won to Christ. Um, you know, even as we think about this idea of disciple making, it really is you know flowing from man us sharing our faith with other people, us helping people to come to know Christ uh and then discipling uh those people that we led to christ and so i think it's helpful sometimes even as we you know define our terms and stuff like that and defining and disciple making uh to look at what it's not uh sometimes what it's not helps me understand more even what it is and so it is not uh recycleship there's no blank for that but you can write that down it's not recycleship <laughs> Um, so recycleship is basically when I uh, go uh, into a group of believers and I say, hey, I'm, I'm looking for someone to disciple. And I just start discipling uh, somebody who's already growing in the relationship with Christ. Okay? That might happen uh, in the process of disciple making, um, it's, but it's, I would say it's the exception and not the rule. Uh, I mean, I think of a lot of my good friends, you know, they're the product of somebody that discipled them after they uh, came to know Christ. That's a good, amazing thing, uh, but not necessarily what we're going to be talking about today. And I would even say, you know, part of the definition of disciple making is that the primary focus is reaching people that don't know Christ uh, and helping them come to know Christ and then helping them grow personally yourself. Does that make sense? So, I'm not bashing on recycles, recycleship or anything like that. Uh, man, I've seen a lot of, man, awesome people, man, really grow in a relationship with God who came to Christ through some other means and began to grow uh, through their discipler. But uh, we want our primary disciple-making to be from the lost. And so, another thing that it's not, is not just hanging out, okay? It's not just hanging out. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we love our friends a lot and uh man when we help somebody grow or we help somebody come to know christ it's like man we just want to uh, just hang out with them you know we want to go to coffee you know we want to uh, go bowling you know we want to just play basketball and all that stuff it's not uh just hanging out uh, and then it's not a program it's not a program and so um and so even at this idea of discipleship which is why i like the word disciple making honestly the word discipleship uh is used a lot and it's a good word to use but but it's it's usually, it's usually referring to some type of program uh that's designed to like help people grow if that makes sense. And so disciple making and I would argue is different from that. Um man it's not relying on a program or some type of like system uh to help somebody grow in their relationship with Christ, but it's a personal investment uh from one person to another. Uh them giving their life away to an individual. Does that make sense? So it's not a program uh but man it really is uh, a relationship and so uh, I think it really uh, this, this quote from Master Plan of Evangelism ca- captures it really well and it kind of hits on uh, some of those things that it's not and so it says uh, this about Jesus as he was discipling you know, the 12 disciples it says all the disciples had to teach all the disciples had to teach them was a teacher who practiced with them what he expected them to learn watching him they learned what it was all about it wasn't outlined on the blackboard of a scuffy classroom or written up in a do-it-yourself manual, his life was their curriculum. And so that goes back to what you were talking about, about having a life worth emulating. And Jesus, man, as he modeled for us, the perfect model of a disciple maker, man, he himself, his life, man, um, as he gave it away to disciples was the curriculum. Teaching the teaching is involved with that, uh, but it's not a program. I man, it's an individual relationship, man, giving your life to people. So, uh, so I want to talk a little bit about why disciple-making. These are some of the reasons and the motivations uh, I really really believe should motivate us as we consider man- uh, making disciples and as we consider taking steps uh, towards making disciples. The first is just that it's the most pressing command. Okay. Um, now, I know that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, and to love your neighbor as yourself, okay, so i'm not saying i, I know i'm not I'm not getting uh, out of what the bible says that that's the greatest commandment is to love God and love your neighbor, but I would say you know even as Jesus man um, came into this world one of the last things that he said to us and man it was kind of the 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 beginning uh, of a new age in people who follow god and one of the last things he said man is make disciples and so even though it's not the greatest commandment man i would say man it's one of the most pressing uh, commandments on us man in this age as believers and so um and so I don't want to go to when he actually said that it's in Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20. So Jesus says this, it says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and the Holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Okay. So this is the last, this is Jesus, one of Jesus' last words to the disciples, okay and and to to even help you understand the context even more jesus is standing on a mountain when he says this uh he spent three years with the disciples he's discipled them uh and helped them grow and then man when he's leaving he says hey the thing that i just did go and do that again everything you see me do with you reproduce that uh and do it again with other people And so uh, what I want to do is take a second, actually, just just so it's like on our mind and we remember just the significance and importance of this. Uh, There's a mountain on your page, okay? And I want you to do a little art, all right? I want you to to draw Jesus on the top of the mountain. I know is ridiculous, but draw Jesus on the top of the mountain and then draw like a bubble around it uh, that says make disciples, okay? Just take a second and draw it out like a little stick figure on top of the mountain. draw your best uh you know bubble around it you know saying like a quote bubble and then right in there make disciples all right now now show it to your neighbor (laughs) y'all compare all right i'm gonna bring this back that's good that's good hey I, i just i just wanted to do that just just to give us a visual you know jesus is standing on on a mountain Literally, you know the old saying, like screaming from the mountaintop. You know, like he literally screamed it from the mountaintop, like, "Hey, go and make disciples." You know what I mean? And uh, and it's crazy because, I man, sometimes we view that last command of Jesus, you know, as optional. And honestly, a lot of Christianity has viewed that last com- that last command of Jesus as optional. You know, it was his last words. You know, you think about, somebody's last words. Like, if you've ever uh, been around somebody that's passed away or you've ever seen or heard about people passing away, man, their last words are significant, right? You know, like, before they end their life, like, the last thing that they say to their loved ones or the people around them, those are really significant words. And I think in a similar way, man, Jesus' last words are so significant. Man, they carry a special weight to him. I mean, when he says, go and make disciples, it's not optional. You know? So even, as, even when you think about it being optional, I want you to remember your little stick figure on your page, okay? He's screaming from the mountaintop. Let him be screaming from the mountaintop of your heart and go and make disciples. So that's the first motivation. Is this the most pressing command? The second one is it's a lost art. It's a lost art. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things uh, that are lost arts. You know, in this world right now, you know, uh, tape players, you know, are a lost art. Uh, I, mean, I was driving by a Blockbuster, and I'm like, man, how to rent a movie from Blockbuster? That's a lost art, you know. And I would say, also, man, disciple making uh, really is a lost art. And it's crazy because you see it right off the bat in the early church. Literally, the disciples went out and they obeyed that command right off the bat. Okay, they said, hey, we're gonna go and make disciples. You see it right here in Acts chapter two. Uh, this is a picture of disciples discipleship. They they devoted themselves to the apostle. That's the disciples. The apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the, by the apostles, or disciples. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So right off the bat, and the disciples went out and they said, hey, we, we got to go obey that last command. You know, we got to go make disciples. They start sharing their faith right before this. A whole bunch of those people that are in that story came to know Christ. And then man, they get discipled. Man, the apostles, the disciples are helping them grow in their relationship with Christ. Uh, but it's crazy. Since then, you know, man. Honest, honestly, there's been movements of disciple making, you know, all throughout history. But I would say where we're at right now in the 21st century, uh it really is a, a lost art. You know, the command that our Savior gave us so long ago, man. Many people, in a lot of ways, have punted on it. Have said, "Hey, man, that's optional. Man, that's extra. That's that's Christianity 2.0. Man, I don't have to do that." Uh, and I don't think that's conscience for a lot of people. But man, a lot of us have said, "Hey." man we're not going to do that and it's crazy because in master plan uh man, a lot of what uh has been lost in the art of disciple making really comes out uh, it says it says in master plan preaching to the masses although necessary will never suffice in the work of preparing leaders for evangelism nor can occasional prayer meetings and training classes for cr- Christian workers to do this job building men and women is not that easy it requires constant personal attention, much like a father gives to his children. You know, I think what he's describing there is, hey, you know, the programs and what's, what's going on, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways, you know, Christianity, man, it isn't enough, man. If we want to build men and women, if we want to help people grow, man, it really does take discipleship. These are some statistics that I looked up. I kind of combined a lot of statistics, uh, but this is just showing basically how disciple making really is a lost art. Uh, In our culture, 85% of Christians never share their faith. 70% of Christians have never been in Bible study. Uh, That's a mark of this discipleship. 90% of Christians have never had somebody personally help them grow. And 5% of Christians have been personally discipled. You know, and I look at that those statistics and I'm like, man, that that's rough. You know, but honestly I, I think about my childhood, and I think about growing up, I think about the lot of people that I was around before I came to know Christ and I'm like, man, that that's true. You know, man, people who people who have been personally discipled uh, by somebody else really is really is rare. It's a lost art, but it's cool because man, I think man, right now in the twenty first century, one of the greatest needs is people who say, I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to making disciples. You know, I'm going to personally make disciples. I'm going to impact one individual at a time and see Christ made known. And so the last one uh, under why disciple-making is that it works. It works. You know, you look at the example of Paul, uh, who was an apostle. Uh, he actually helped a bunch of believers grow in Thessalonica, uh, which was a city that he went to. He traveled, went to the city, and he preached the gospel and a whole bunch of people came to know Christ. Uh, and then he begins to follow up with them and help them grow. And he describes that process in 1 Thess chapter 2. And, I, and a lot of the elements of disciple making are going to come out in this. But he says this. He says, instead, we're like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for his ch- her children. You know, sounds familiar? It kind of sounds like that the previous quote we looked at a little bit, right? And he says, so we care for you. Because we love you so much, we are delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order to not be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were were among you who believed. We lived a life worth emulating, right? And he says, "For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into His kingdom and glory." So, great picture, you know, of discipleship of him saying hey i I came alongside you i helped you grow and it's cool because you see the result of that in the thessalonians because early on in the chapter he says this about them he says and so as a result of all of that you became a model to all the believers in macedonia and Achaia." because man of his discipleship and his investment in them man they became a model for everybody else around to look at you know and i think about disciple making and the process of disciple making, yes, man, it is a commitment, right? But man, the product uh, is so so worth it and it really does work. You know, I kind of think about a seed. You know, it's like a seed, you can you can plant it on or put put a seed on different services, and in different services it'll take root and different services it won't. And man, I would say disciple a discipleship relationship. Man, somebody helping someone grow is the most fertile ground for somebody to develop and grow as quickly and as healthily as possible in their relationship with Christ. You know, man, the Thessalonians were in a discipleship relationship with Paul, and because of that, man, their growth took off, right? And I, I say in the same way, man, discipleship, man, is the, is the context that that seed can take off and grow, the most. I even think about for me uh, when the guy who discipled me and helped me grow uh, is Alex Rebeck. Okay? So this is me and him on our wedding. Uh, he's actually my, on, on our wedding. <laughs> Correct that. Uh, on my wedding. And uh, he was my best man. And, uh, and, and previous to that, while I was in college, man, Rebeck spent about five years with me uh, personally helping me grow. Uh, my relationship with Christ. And it's cool because I had a lot of relationships with a lot of other people and all that stuff. But, man, my relationship with Rebeck over time became special um, because, man, he helped me grow in so many different areas. He walked me through what it meant uh, to really walk with God, to really, man, learn what it looks like to share my faith, what it looks like to live a life that's honoring to God. And, man, it's cool because, man, I feel like in a lot of ways myself, I'm, I'm a product of somebody man, personally uh, stepping into this role of being a discipler. And, um, and man, I, honestly, my whole life, I would say, is just a product and a testimony that, yo, disciple-making really does work. It really does work, you know? man for, for me to be where I was at my freshman year and then to see where God brought me to my, at my senior year, that wouldn't have happened uh, without a discipler. You know, that, in that context, in that relationship, was the fertile ground, man, that grew, man, my faith, in college, man, to the point uh, where I was able to walk with God and make an impact. And so I'm going to refer back to this relationship a little bit. I just kind of wanted to put it out there on the front end. Um, but uh, what I want to discuss now is this, is just which motivation for disciple-making stuck out to most to you and why? So just turn to the people around you and discuss that question. Which motivation for disciple-making stuck out to the most, the most to you and why? I'm going to bring us back together. Sound like some good discussion out there. Hey, well, um, well, I want to move on uh, to to what does it mean to make disciples. So, you know, once I have my heart in the right place, where I'm like, hey, I, I want to do this. I want to step out uh, and really, man, look, see what it looks like to make disciples. You know, one of the questions we ask is like, what does it mean, you know, to make disciples? And and kind of the rest of this breakout is just us going to be be us breaking down like what it means and what it looks like uh, to actually make disciples. And so. Uh, so even as we think about this idea of making disciples, first off, we got to start with two objectives. So there's two objectives uh, meant to helping someone else grow. Man, for somebody that I've led to Christ and I'm trying to help grow, there's two objectives. One is maturity. One is maturity. And so, uh, so I kind of want to uh, volunteer for this. Um, does anybody have the, the Bible app open or a Bible on them? You do? Okay. Uh, can you turn to Colossians one twenty-eight and 29? And then when you get there, just stand up and read it in a loud voice for everybody. Okay, cool. I got it. Nice. He is the one who proclaim, uh, admonishing, and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone full mature in Christ, fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me nice I you read it one more time loud louder um, <laughs> yep um, he is the one who proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ to this and I strenuously contend with all energy in Christ so powerfully works in me yep so from that verse what is what is Paul strenuously contending for? Somebody said it. Maturity. Yeah, maturity. Yeah. He said, hey, I want you to be fully mature in Christ. You know, he wants them to realize all of their potential in Christ. He wants them to separate from sin. He wants them to walk with God. He wants them to be fully mature in Christ. That's the first objective that I have to have in mind, you know, as I'm helping someone grow. And you'll see this play out as we talk about it. But, man, I want to help them develop deep, rich foundation, a deep, rich foundation in Christ. I want them to know. Uh, what it means to be a christian i want them to be be able to communicate man what god has done in their life i want them to begin to read the word man and put the word man at the as a bedrock of their life man i want to help them understand what it means to have christ as lord of their life and so that's one objective the second one is multiplication multiplication And then one of my objectives as I'm a disciple with someone else is I want to help them multiply, you know, into the next generation, right? So does somebody have Second Timothy two two? Anybody else have the Bible or a Bible app? You can pull it up. DJ in the back. I saw I saw you, baby. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and pull that up. 2 Timothy 2-2. Yeah. Stand, stand up. Stand up and read aloud. <laughs> The things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses I trust the reliable people who will also be qualified for teach others. Yep. So how do you see multiplication in that verse? Um, just um uh, being able to trust people that will be able to teach others. Yep. Teach others. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Teach them others. I like that. Um, yeah, so that, that's the objective. You know, Paul, as he's talking to Timothy, he says, hey, this is the objective, that you would take what I've entrusted to you and pass it on uh, to someone else. So even as I'm thinking about discipling with somebody, you know, I want to have that end in mind. I want to have that objective in mind as I'm helping them to grow. Uh, so those are the two objectives. The two ingredients are this. Uh, one is relationship. So how I accomplish those objectives is with these two ingredients is relationship. So I want to uh, man build a strong relationship, you know, with the person that I'm helping grow. Right, uh, this is kind of the fun part, man. I want to get to know them, you know. I should it shouldn't be this thing where we meet up every once in a while and man just talk about the Bible and that's all we talk about and then man we peace out, uh, man. But it's it's a fun man relationship, you know, man. It's somebody uh, that you're helping grow. And so, uh, man, me and Rebeck uh, did that together a lot of ways. Man, honestly, I have, like, a ton of memories with him. Um, man, as he became, man, one of, my, one of my closest friends and really the best man in my, in my wedding. Um, but I want you guys to discuss it. I want you all to discuss with each other uh, what are ways that you uh, could build a relationship with somebody that you're helping grow. So, like, what are fun things you could do? What are ways that you can build the relationship? Go ahead and discuss with the people around you. <laughs> All right. There's, a, there's probably a lot of different things being thrown out. Uh, man, there's, a, there's a lot of fun ideas, right, uh, on how you can build a relationship with somebody that you led to Christ. Uh, and it's kind of fun because, honestly, some of this is natural. You know, it's like, man, somebody I just led to Christ and man, saw them repent from their sins and trust Jesus, it's like, man, I want to hang out with them. You know, like I want to have fun with them. Um, man, and y'all have discussed some ideas. I won't have a share. Um, but, man, there's a ton of different ways to do that. The second ingredient is this. Uh, it's just intentionality. Intentionality. So like I mentioned before, uh, discipleship, disciple making isn't just hanging out, right? So that you have the relational side where, man, I'm becoming better friends with them. And I'm getting to know them uh, and all that stuff. But, man, you also have the intentional side where I'm I'm being intentional with them and I'm intentionally moving them forward in a direction. And so... Um, and so, man, even with this, man, there's a lot of different ways this plays out. Uh, we're actually going to unpack a lot of that, man, kind of the intentional side, uh, man, of disciple making and what that looks like um, and in our next section. And so, uh, so that's what we're going to move to. We're moving to the how. How do I help other others grow as disciples? Uh, in the first place, you know, Um, that we have to look at Jesus' example. But, man, I even want to give us something to look at uh, that's a tool, man, in helping us as we think about moving people forward uh, in their relationship with God. Uh, So this is the wheel illustration. Anybody seen this before? Probably a few people. Okay. So even as I'm thinking about, man, how to intentionally move somebody forward uh, in their relationship with God, man, this is a good tool, man, a good stencil for me to look at. For me to say, okay, how am I doing? How am I doing helping uh, this person grow in their relationship with Christ? So you can kind of see, man, there's a bunch of different ingredients there. There's Christ at the center. So I want to help them to make Jesus Christ the absolute Lord of their life. I want them, man, to love him, man, to cherish him. I want them to, uh, on a heart level, man, appreciate what God has done in their life. and man, appreciate the cross and what Jesus accomplished. And then also, man, I want to help them understand man, what it looks like to live a life Uh, with jesus as lord you know and with him being the number one priority in their life i I want to help them man in their prayer life i want to help them learn how to pray uh, and talk to god i want to help them learn how to get in the word you know i want to help them have biblical fellowship and relationships uh, with other believers that are spurring and encouraging them on uh, to pursue christ even more i want to help them learn how to witness you know how to share their faith with others Man and be the light, you know, that shines in the darkness, uh, and man be able to share what God has done in their life with people who don't know Christ. And then the rim, kind of around it all, is I want, I want them to uh, to be an obedient Christian, you know, where the rubber meets the road. I want them to live a life that's obedient. Uh, to Christ and his word, uh, and even as we talked about in the main sessions. And so uh, feel free to either take a picture of this or draw that out uh, on your paper, because, man, that's going to be something uh, that you want to come back to. Uh, man, and it's a great uh, assessment tool. Honestly, still to this day, as I help, help men grow, I go back to that. I'm like, hey, man, how how are we doing, you know, on the spokes of the wheel, you know, um, and as I think about their growth and their development. And so uh, so even as we Think about this idea of disciple making. Obviously, man, as we think about disciple making, we don't have to go too far. It's kind of cool because we have the answer of what disciple making looks like uh, in Jesus, right? You know, and what he did uh, in the four Gospels, and so man, even as you study the four Gospels, the four Gospels in the New Testament, man, one of the things you'll see is that God, that Jesus is talking to us, right, man, through the Word, but then also he's given us an example uh, to follow as it relates to making disciples. So, if you pay attention to Jesus' relationship with the twelve disciples, you get a great idea of what disciple making looks like. And uh, that book that I referenced, Master Plan of Evangelism, it's a great book. I'm going to give another pub of it at the end. But basically, man, everything that he's talking about is saying, "Hey, this is how Jesus trained his twelve men. This is how he discipled uh, his twelve men." And so, not only was Jesus's, Jesus's message inspired, his method was inspired as well. His message his message was from God and also his method was from God and so maybe we need to look at his method if we want to learn how to make disciples and so uh, so what we're going to do is just look at Jesus' example um, and so there's kind of six different um, elements from Jesus example that I want to look at you't like this real quick And the first one is the first one is when you look at Jesus' example uh, he lived it in front of them. He lived it in front of them. so in, in John uh, 13 you know you see this Jesus is modeling in front of the disciples you know what a lifestyle of following Christ looks like. And so this goes back to the whole idea of, man, having a life that's worth worth emulating. Man, And I want to have a relationship with them so that they see, you know, what it looks like to follow Christ. He lived it in front of them. And I think for me, I kind of put a bullet point underneath that. I needed to see an example of a life following Christ. I needed to see that. You know, I think about my relationship with Rebeck, and uh, and I remember, you know, kind of being in the locker room with him. Both of, both of, uh, both of us were football players and uh you know even going back to the wheel man i got to see Rebecca live uh, an obedient life you know i got i got to see him be obedient uh even when it wasn't comfortable i remember uh man one time i was hanging out with him with a bunch of guys in the in the locker room you know guys are joking playing all that stuff uh and then one of the girl one of the guys uh starts talking uh recklessly uh about a girl you know uh and he's like you know talking about it talking about it all the guys are laughing and all that stuff and and then he, he goes over to Reback and he's like, right, right, Rebec, right? And I'm sitting next to Rebecca and I'm kinda of looking at him, you know. Uh and Reback just keeps his head down. He's like, he's like, I don't, I don't know, man, you know. Uh and then he kinda of walks off. And then I, I talk to Rebecca and I'm like, man, was, was that awkward for you? Uh and he's like he's like, Man, honestly, I just I just wanna be obedient to Christ. You know what I mean? Like he's just like I don't I don't wanna entertain that, I don't wanna mess with that, like I just wanna be obedient to him, you know. And so that was an example for me. And I remember that that being stuck in my mind. Like, literally, that stuck with me all these years, you know, because he chose to be obedient in that moment uh, as opposed to not. And so he lived it in front of them. Man, I needed to see an example. Jesus was an example for the men around him. All right. Number two. Uh, man, he showed them how. He showed them how. He showed them how. So uh, Jesus showed them how, man, uh, to live a lifestyle of following Christ. Um, and he, he literally, man, in, in Matthew 9, uh, man, goes and literally he's preaching from town to town and village to village, and he's showing them how, right in front of them, how to share their faith, you know, with other people. Uh, and me, I need to be motivated and convinced of the importance from the scriptures. And so, uh, so I don't even think about, man, just showing them how. Man, I remember, uh, man, being at the training table with Rebeck and uh we were sitting down with some football players and stuff like that and man we're talking you know about different stuff uh and then Reback all of a sudden like starts transitioning to his testimony you know he's like he's like hey yeah man that reminds me of man how kind of i used to be man when i actually came into college man i didn't i was living a different way and then man, he explained to him man how uh man christ had impacted his life And, yo, for me, I was like, whoa, that is crazy, you know, like, man, seeing the the transition, I was kind of, like, wanting to get up from the table, you know what I mean? Uh, But it was cool, like, man, I needed to see that, Uh, and he was really in that moment showing me how uh, to live uh, obediently to Jesus, you know, and to share my faith. Um, The third one is this, is just this, is that he told him why. He told him why. And so, actually, these two bullet points need to be switched. So, um, so I needed. So he told them why. He's actually. I needed to be motivated and, and convinced of the importance from scripture. So, so I remember um, literally sitting down uh, with Reback on this, and uh, man, I remember you know thinking about my relationship with Christ, and I was like, man, um, man, I I was kind of I was kind of burnt out. I was like, man, I don't I don't want to do this. I feel like man, I'm uncomfortable and all this stuff. Uh, man, I don't. I was kind of like, man, I don't feel like following Christ, uh, honestly. Like, man, I don't feel like sacrificing. And I remember uh, he took me back. And literally, we were sitting in the dorm room. I'll never forget it. We were sitting in the dorm room, and uh, the sun was going down. And he was like, "Yo," he's like, "Yo, listen, like, you just got to you got to think about, man, if you really want to be obedient, you know, to Christ." And he takes me back to a verse that we looked at a thousand times. He takes me back to uh, Luke nine twenty three, which says, "If anyone would follow me." Let him take up his cross daily and follow me. For everyone wants to save his life, will lose it. But whoever ever loses their life for my sake will find it. Yo, know, and I remember walking away from that conversation like my head was spinning. You know, I was like, man, like, man, do I really want to do this? Like, man, is this is this really, you know, it for me? And I was like, man, and I, I decided in that moment, yeah, it is. Like, I want to, I want to live this life. Uh, So, man, Rebek uh, took the time to point me to the scriptures and to say, hey, man, this is why, you know, this is why you need to live this lifestyle. Uh, Number four uh, is he got them started. He got them started. So I needed to gain experience and learn to take responsibility uh, in my growth. You know, and there, in Mark eight, uh, you see Jesus actually send out the twelve disciples to start for them to start get gaining experience and learning how to share their faith. Uh, but for me, I remember this praying playing out in my prayer life. Uh, I remember, uh, man, early on in my relationship with Christ, because I was coming, I was coming from an atheist background, so I hadn't been around <coughs> like a lot of people who had who had prayed or anything like that. I didn't really grow up going to church, and uh, and I remember. Um, Man, I was praying for a meal, uh, and Reebok sitting there, sitting there across from the meal, and he's like, he's like, hey man, yeah, like da da da, da and there's like a, a group of people around us, uh, and he's like, he's like, Blake, like, and hey, why don't why don't you why don't you pray, you know, for the meal, and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, Father. Uh, did you just bless everybody, amen, <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> but then after that, he was like, he was like, hey, man, why, why don't we start, why don't we start working on that a little bit, and then, man, um, man, I remember him taking a walk, and he would, we would pray together, you know, kind of on campus, and we started praying for stuff uh, together, and, like, I remember literally, he would pray for, like, 20 minutes, and then I pray for, like, 30 seconds, and then he prayed for, like, 20 minutes, and I pray for, like, a minute, you know, it's like. He was just trying to. He was trying to game, me experience, you know, in praying. And it's crazy because, man, what he was doing it was helping me grow and progress uh, in my relationship with Christ and specifically in my prayer life. And so, Jesus got them started. We want to get them started. Uh, five. He encouraged them to persevere. He encouraged them to persevere. So Jesus uh, came came alongside uh, the disciples when they experienced hard things, uh, and he encouraged them, you know, to persevere. Um, so man, for me, I needed to, I needed to, experience success, applying, uh, I I needed to ex- experience success and feedback over time in applying what I learned. I needed to experience success and feedback over time in applying what I learned. Man, e- even in the area of fellowship for me, that's kind of the horizontal aspect of the wheel. <laughs> uh, I remember. Um, Literally, uh, man, we had I had my like crew of friends that I had before Christ, and we, I, we stayed friends like obviously, you know, man, all throughout throughout my time in, in college and stuff. Uh, but then there's a crew of friends that man, once I came to know Christ, I was like, man, this is this is kind of kind of be my fellowship and stuff like that. And uh, and I remember, um, man, literally, I was hanging out with these dudes, and they were talk, we were talking, you know, having conversation and stuff like that uh and man honestly kind of before Christ I was just kind of like a crass dude I was just like a shoot shoot it straight you know kind of guy uh, And then and I told <laughs> I told a guy um it's something I won't repeat um uh, but man I was just like I was like hey like you know this this, and this man basically like I was like you just need to stop being soft you know and uh and I, I remember walking away from that conversation and Reback was like like hey bro hey can I can I talk <laughs> to you for a second and I and at this point i kind of i kind of feel what's coming and, and all that uh but Rebecca like presses presses through it and he's like hey hey man like you know i just want to you know may remind you you know the scriptures. like man hebrews 10 24 says to encourage each other you know spur one another on to a love good deeds and uh and man i don't i don't know if that that comment i don't know what do you think about that comment and i'm like yeah i know Rebecca, like i know <laughs> I, I messed up you know and all that and he's like he's like hey like man uh Man, man, I want you to stay at it, man. I want you to, man, live a life that really is spurring, you know, people on, you know, toward love and good deeds. Uh, and so, man, even in that, like in that painful situation, like man, he encouraged me to persevere in those relationships, man, and in that fellowship, because man, honestly, I man, some of these people were coming from backgrounds and. Places that I'd never been around and stuff like that. And it was kind of awkward for me at times. But man, he encouraged me, man, to persevere in that and to continue to grow uh, in the area. And then, man, some of those guys, man, later, I mean, down the line, he was the best man, but some of those lines were, those guys were groomsmen uh, in my wedding. Man, it became, man, some, some, some sweet fellowship for me in my relationship with Christ. So we want to help them persevere. Number six, uh, he encouraged them to reproduce. He encouraged them to reproduce. Uh, from the beginning to the end, Jesus was living with his disciples, with this vision, encouraging them to reproduce. Right off the bat, when he called them, he, he said, hey, come follow me and I'll teach you to fish for men. And then all the way into the end, he said, hey, as a father sent me, so am I sending you. Um, man, he encouraged them to reproduce. I needed to develop the wisdom, vision, character, and skills to disciple others. Um, my junior year, uh, I came to faith at the end of my freshman year. I Man, tried to walk with Christ a little bit. My sophomore year, I was kind of, I was doing okay, you know, my relationship with Christ. I was, you know, God was working on me. And then, my my junior year, I mean, I actually started to gain some traction in my relationship with Christ, and I started uh, sharing my faith and I started impacting people around me. And there were a couple of guys uh, that came that came to know Christ during that time, uh, and it was cool. Like, I mean, we actually became roommates, me and these guys. And I remember, like uh, Reback would actually sit down with me and talk to me, and he'd be like, "Hey, man, how do you how do you think you can help? You know, these guys grow." And that was a question that you know never thought of before. I was like, "Well, I mean, I'll just hang out with them and." And then I'll hang out with them, and you know, uh, I didn't know what to do. And he's like, he's like, hey man, why don't you why don't you think about a plan, you know, to help to helping these guys grow? Man, what do you what do you think this guy needs? How can you help him go in his relationship? Draws out the wheel for me, he says, Hey man, how what area of the wheel do you think you can man help this guy develop in? Man, actually, man, we actually went and wrote down like a one to one you know, like, man, that I could do with one of the guys, and I remember doing the one-to-one and being like, man, this is, this is, this is new, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of unsure about this, but man, over time, like, man, rebac helped me, man, to learn how to reproduce, uh, man, and then years later, man, it's cool because, man, not only did it multiply into the next generation, but it multiplied into the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one, into the process, uh, really reproduced and multiplied, so we want to help them to reproduce. And so those are some principles, you know, that we see from Jesus's life, you know, and you see them all throughout the Gospels. If you haven't read the Gospels, I encourage you to read the Gospels with that lens. Of man, how is Jesus really disciple making, living out this vision of disciple making? And so even man, for us, you know, even as we look at Jesus's example, man, and we think about our lives. I just want to encourage us with this, you know, even though these are principles, you know, that Jesus lived out. and man, even though it can seem daunting. You can do it. You can do it. Literally, you don't have to be special. I'm not special. You know, the people who disciple me weren't special. Trust me, we're some ordinary people. Man, if you haven't done this before, you can do it. That's the beauty of disciple making is anybody, anybody can do it. Jesus wouldn't command us to do something that we can't do. Jesus would not tell us to do something that we can't do. Every single person, you know, can live uh, to make disciples and so some action steps for us to think about man of this area of disciple making is one have a plan have a plan and so it doesn't have to be a crazy plan it doesn't have to have be a be a, a big lofty plan or anything like that uh, but maybe you just sit down with the wheel illustration you're just like hey man for my friends you know that I'm, that I'm wanting to help grow man what's one spoke of the wheel you know that i can that can help them grow in you know maybe we can sit down man talk about it look at some verses you know on prayer or witnessing or or fellowship and man how can i help them you know think about what it would look like for them you know to grow in that specific area so have a plan you know with those that you're helping grow whatever the plan is man work the plan uh and trust god uh number two kind of a weird one but go for it and fail go for it and fail I know y'all like, man, I'm in a, I'm in a breakout. You're supposed to be telling me, you know, that I, I can do it and all this stuff. Like, yo, you're going to fail. You know, like you're going to mess up at times. There's no perfect discipler. There's no person, perfect person, you know, it, and period. You know, you're going to mess up. You're going to sin. Man, there's going to be a lot of different things along the way. And it's cool because man, God in his grace is working through that. Man, even though that's true. You know, I think about man different different areas of life. It's like man swimming. You know, it's like man one of the greatest ways to swim, learn how to swim, is just to get tossed tossed into the pool, right? Literally, that's what my dad did. He was like, "Hey, you want to learn how to swim?" And he just kicked me in the it kicked me in the, in the ocean in the pool. Right? And so, man, I, I would say that for us, man, even as you're thinking about this, like go for it uh, and fail, uh, man. And you're gonna fail for it, and man, you're gonna see God use it uh, down the road. And the third one is just be discipled yourself. Be disciples yourself. And so, man, if there's people around you, man, maybe it's somebody in this room, maybe it's somebody that you know, man, who, uh, man, maybe somebody that you led that led you to Christ. Man, talk to them about what it looked like to, to be disciple. To say, hey, I, w- I want to learn. I want to be invested in the best way to learn about what it looks like to discipling others is to be disciples yourself. And so those are some action steps and some next steps for us. Some recommended resources on the bottom of that page. They're actually all in the bookstore except for the Hedinian book. It's out of print. All right? And so you can check those books out for more resources. But thanks so much. Disciple making, you can do it. You're born for it. Appreciate it. See you all at the main session.